Hello and welcome to the Boxing Hour with me, Martin Domin. This week's show has a Callum Smith, Canelo Alvarez look to it. First of all, I speak to Joe Gallagher, Callum's trainer, head of the big fight in Dallas on Saturday night. Joe talks about preparations and, of course, about how he sees the fight going. Then I speak to Liam Smith, who fought Canelo a few years ago, and, of course, as Callum's brother, has more than a few things to say about the fight and about his own career heading into 2021. And finally, I speak to Ryland Charlton, who this week signed a deal with Matchroom following his breakout win over Joe Laws a couple of months ago. It's been a tough year for a lot of people. Ryland's certainly someone who's taken full advantage of opportunities, I guess, that COVID has brought. Without further ado, here is my first guest, Joe Gallagher. Joe, thanks for joining me, of course, just days away from Callum Smith's fight against Canelo Alvarez. Now, earlier this year, it looked like the fight was gone, at least temporary, at least in the mean, uh, the short while when Billy Joe Saunders almost signed to fight Canelo. When did talks sort of start to resume again after the pandemic? Um, I think there was a... At the time, most of that thing um, fell apart. I think they were, they were a day away from going over announcing it with Billy Joe and uh, Canelo. Um, and then, obviously, we've seen um, Canelo then was saying that he wanted to fight this year, but then he was having some trouble with the zone or Golden Boy and there was all that lit- litigation. So we decided about getting on with our things ourselves, drew up a short list, looked about fighting either this weekend or the other weekend that, that we've got pencil on December the 19th. There was whispers and, and rumours that, obviously, Calla Plant's name was mentioned and Cam Smith's name was mentioned. Um, Calm was in, in, in the gym training and then obviously when that thing sorted itself out with Golden Boy in the zone with Canelo um, the name was in the mix but even on the morning when Canelo said he was making his announcement that day we all WhatsApp phoned each other and gone well it can't be us because we've not signed nothing and uh, we had to literally watch it to see that it was us and the name Cam Smith came out of, it, out of his mouth so um, yeah obviously uh, Fights on now, and what are we, eight days away, something like that. I know Canelo, of course, is a, is a huge superstar, but Callum Smith is a world champion. Does it feel a little bit, not maybe disrespectful, that you're sort of having to keep chasing this fight when you know Callum's got the belt and he's the established super middleweight world champion? Yeah, I think it is, but it was very much. I've referenced this like Ricky Hatton v Mayweather. Ricky Hatton was world champion at the time, but Mayweather was the pound for pound king. Difference in this two fight, Ricky had a crowd and <laughs> Callum Smith and we'll have a bit of a crowd, but it would have been better to have had like 60, 70,000 over here, half of Liverpool over here. And yeah, to touch on, it is a little bit frustrating, but he is the golden ticket in boxing. He is what everyone sees as the number one pound for pound. Callum Smith could easily have fought James DeGale. Um, but decided uh, not to. One, the money wasn't no good and decided to go in the World Boxing Super Series because that's where the the, the, the big fights were. Eubank Jr., George Groves, uh, Jürgen Bremer. There was good fighters in that tournament and that's where the belts were. So Calm's always wanted the challenge and then after he's won the belt, he's always tried to get unification fights and it's happened for, you know, and I know there's politics and networks and promoters and advisors. So it's been very hard, but... You can't look at a gift horse in the mouth and when there's, uh, this opportunity arises to fight Canelo and test yourself against the best of the world and that's all he wants to do is test himself against the best in the world. He's the world champ, the ring champ at 168. He wants to go and test himself against a pound for pound number one fighter in the world and um, that's, that's what he wants to do and we're just uh, ready to go and do it now. 
I know Canelo's been moving up and up and down the weights, but has, has Callum had his eye on this fight for quite a long time, or is it just sort of a recent thing that he started to think would be a possibility? No, I, th- I think when Canelo first mentioned uh, Callum Smith as a potential opponent was just before he fought Hassan Nadam in New York, Canelo had fought, and then he mentioned Callum Smith as a possible opponent. Um, Callum then fought in New York, he had beaten Nadam, and then it went all quiet again. And then I think Canelo only mentioned Callum then after the John Ryder performance. So sometimes a not a great performance can get you the big fight, funny enough, sometimes. Um, yeah, but Canelo, he's been up and down the weight division. Great, great fighter, really good fighter. And the more you study him, the more you see how the little things he does that makes him an exceptional fighter. And Callum Smith, Callum Smith isn't a fighter that has to beat his chest and shout from the rooftops how good he is and flip tables. Callum's just a, a, a quiet kid, a very humble kid. Um, you wouldn't think he was a world champion. He just quiet, goes about his business. And and that's the way he is. And I think, like I say, Canelo is quite similar. Usyk, Lomachenko, a new way. I said this to Eddie Hearn and Adam Smith months ago. They don't flip tables. And they're pound for pound best fighters in the world. Why do we have to flip tables? Or Callum's a bit quiet. Why? That That's who he is. And he, he, he reminds me a little bit of Lennox Lewis at the time in the fact that Lennox was just dead unassuming, went in there. And it's only when his career ended, you look back and you realise how good Lennox Lewis really was. He, just because he wouldn't trash talk or do anything, wouldn't really do what media wanted him to do. He, he, he just went in there and did it. let his... Fist do the talking, and that's what Callum Smith's like, really. You're right, and, and there's, I mean, I guess with Canelo, he's English as well, so there's there's not going to be any back and forth, but fights like this shouldn't need it. I mean, if if you're a boxing fan and you don't tune into the fight or you're not looking forward to it, then questions have to be asked because it's, you know, to get a fight of this magnitude at the end of the year uh, really came together quite quickly. Everyone should just be just be happy it's happening. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I keep saying in other interviews, uh, full credit to Callum Smith uh, for taking the fight. When you see the e-press conference and you see Canelo says, yeah, I've been training for four months with Callum Smith. I thought, yeah, bet you have. And that's what I've been saying all along to Callum. I said, no one is going to give you 12 weeks notice because that'll be the best Callum Smith. But we have to stay in the gym and be ready. We have to be old school. So when the fight was done and announced four and a half street stroke five weeks away, that's four weeks training. We, we were we were in a decent place, and fair play to him for taking it. He could easily have said no. Um, I'll, like others are saying, oh, I'll wait till there's a crowd, or I'll wait till there's more money, or wait. He's like, no, I'll take it. So full credit to Cam Smith for taking it. It's a huge opportunity, and um, he's got to go in there and give it the, the best that he's can. And I believe uh, Cam Smith that I've known all along um, turns up in the night and. Um, I know people say shot the world, it won't be shot the world for me. And I think it'd be quite easy for journalists after the event to go, do you know what? The writing was on the wall. He struggled against, came from behind against No Kovalev. He had two hard wars against an aging middleweight. He struggled with Jacobs, who just struggled to beat Rosada. He beat Kovalev, who, let's have it, Yade did a better job on Kovalev than Canelo, although he lost. And Yade just beat Tuatha. So you just got to you. Everyone could get involved in a huge aura. Although I do feel this is going to be the best Canelo for a while. He's out there to prove a point. He's it's a challenge for him. He's an adrenaline junkie. You see him with the fast cars and wild horses. He's um, 
likes to challenge himself, Canelo. And um, I've said it before, I hope Callum Smith turns up for the night. The truck thing with Canelo, he always turns up. He's not had a bad night at the office, has it, Canelo? So maybe this once he could decide not to turn up for once. Of course, you've seen him as close as anyone four years ago with Liam Smith. Did you learn anything on that night that you maybe didn't know about him before? Yeah, like I said, <clears throat> watching a, a fighter on video and uh, on television, um, on YouTube, is totally different to seeing her in the flesh and preparing for Liam for fight, fight with him, the best preparation, but going up against Canelo, fight week with Canelo, weighing with Canelo, being in the ring with Canelo, the officials, you learn so much. You can't buy that experience. It's very much going for a driving test and you don't know what to expect. You do know second time round and that's what it is and being in there and for having someone been in against Canelo who's felt his shots, felt his power, knows his IQ, sees what he was trying to do, the traps he was setting for you. Yeah, you can't beat that um, information but the, the difference between Carmelima two start different styles of fighters. One's 5'10", the other's 6'3". Two different weight divisions. So, I think, um, yeah, it's a different set of skills, a uh, different game plan. And um, like you say, when you look at Canelo's resume, tall fight is a bread and butter for him. Just got to look at the way that he handled Chavez, came from behind Kovalev, what he did to Rocky Fielding. So tall fighters, it's like the bigger the target, the better for Canelo. So we've got to be aware of that. And um, yeah, that experience, uh, we can't buy it. And we have used that in training camp and we will do five week now. Do you think the eight pounds heavier he is now compared to against Liam uh, is good for him, bad for him, or does it not make too much difference? Canelo? I think Canelo's... Uh, I'll have to see him. I think it, when I watch his fight with Liam, he still looks like a, a baby. He's now 30 years of age, and like Callum, both fighters are in the prime. Canelo of late has always fought people that are a little bit more older than him. I think this is probably the one of the best live opponents he's fought in a long time. He was in his prime, in his peak. Um, I think the time both get in the ring will both be similar weight. I said to you when Liam weighed in with Canelo, we thought, wow, Liam looks a bigger man here. Got in the ring the next night and it looks like someone put a pump to Canelo, the Michelin man who's double the size. So, um, yeah, he, he makes weight. Um, it's funny to see him in saunas and sweatsuits this far out. Surely he can't be struggling, but it's their way of doing things. But on the night, I, I think weight-wise, I think they'll both be, be very similar. You mentioned you've had four or five weeks since the announcement. How much of that time is spent specifically training for Canelo and how much is just spent training for a fight? Um, Callum was training for a fight for a while. Canelo, we've always talked about in the past and studied and watched. And for these four weeks training, because the last week you do nothing, you don't, you don't, you don't do it with the sparring and other things. So um, the four weeks we've being right on it, Canelo tried to get the the best sparring partners we could that we could get in. You got to remember sparring partners that I might have brought in from America and Europe and Germany. We couldn't do now because of this lockdown. So you're doing a camp with one hand behind your back. So the pool of talent is now a hot tub of talent from what we could pick from, and we've had to pick three or four kids to come in and replicate certain things because we can't get someone to replicate Canelo, but certain things that Canelo does well. And you in for that round, you in for that round to do the best that we can do. But um, I'm sure for Canelo as well, he's got a bigger pool of talent to choose from over there. 
Um, but it's can't make excuses. It is what it is, and um, we've got to go in and give the best of it. The flip side of it, by only having short notice, four or five weeks notice, we haven't had ten weeks of media interviews, ten weeks of people going on and flying here and flying there. And sometimes for a fighter, I've seen it in the past with certain fighters, come fight week, they're mentally and emotionally drained and shattered. Not so much from the training, but from this, from this whether it be Sky, uh, BT, The Zone, in, can we film this? Can we film that? Right, we want you to film you walking past Liverpool Pier. We want you to do this. Can we take a picture, film you at home? Can we do this? It's so tiring when you just want to train and go home. Mentally, doing interviews, different interviews and being asked the same questions, that can mentally drain a fighter. So I feel the upside of it, he hasn't had that. It's been short, it's been intent. And where there would have been hundreds of interviews, well, well, I'm sure it's done over 100 by now, but it's not on a huge scale like that where it's not oh, ground. Where, just where you feel like pressing a, a play button on a record cassette and just answering the same questions again and again. So I feel that side of it, it, it'll be, won't be drained from, which is huge for a fighter come fight week. You want them to switch off and relax, not talk about it. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, obviously, I'm one of those people asking all the questions, but no, I, I sympathise because there's only so many questions you can ask and there are only so many answers that the boxers uh, can give and, and no one gets into boxing to be, a, to be a TV star or to be an interview star, right? They get in there to, to do I don't the know, though, mate. I don't know, mate. There's a few of them out there at the moment. The egos have landed. <laughs> that's, that's true, but they're, they're not in the, uh, in, in the big fights, thankfully, yeah. for now. And just finally... Callum did come in for a bit of criticism against John Ryder. I know you didn't necessarily share that, but have you noticed, given the magnitude of this fight, any difference in him in the build-up mentally? I think, um, I know it was criticism, but it's like, I can't say how there was criticism. He won the fight. All three judges scored it the same bar one round, 116-112, twice, 117-11. There were bigger and better scores than when he fought uh, Billy Joe and Rocky Fielding. They were closer fights. And it's like, he's an easy person to hit Callum because he isn't on social media, he isn't outspoken, he doesn't kick back. So it's easy to have a go at him. Um, so that was that. And for, for, for this fight, I'm not saying Callum didn't underprepare or apply himself in training. He did do for John Ryder. But as Ricky Hatton says, you're training and you're fighting. There's a big difference training fighting for an opponent and the same way training fighting if it's Costa to Zoo. If you remember, he said, you run that bit quicker, you hit that bit harder. It's huge. You know the magnitude of it. There's a risk you've got to get beat on the world stage in front of thousands, millions. And that's with Callum. Callum's locked on. There's a huge weight off his shoulders. It's nice and relaxed. He's chilled. This has been shown in like 200 different countries, is it, or something like that on the zone. So he knows the eyes of the world are watching on him. And he didn't put... I thought he boxed very well against Nicky Holskin before George Groves, but he got stick for that. But he went in and performed against George Groves. You can't win all the time. Sometimes you've got to win by any means necessary, as long as you get the win. Just like football. We all, I'm United fan, loved United to be United years ago, where we got three against us, but we won by four, three or five, three. But then you have a different type of team where Mourinho was just one nil. And same with boxing, Nicky Holskin, after round nine, Al Cam Smith said to me, I'm bored. Just let me go out and put it on him. And I said, no, you're not bored. You get an elbow off this kickboxer in, a cut, you're out of that final. You go out there and jab, jab, and jab, jab, bore your way to 12. And he set a world record for uh, world, in a world title fight, so he it for the most jabs thrown. So sometimes you have to 
get your way through fights. And for this one now, it's Canelo. It's like stick or bust. This is it now, son. This is this is it. You're the best 168 pound fighter in the world, number one, um, with the Ring magazine, everything else, and you're going up against the pound for pound one. It just doesn't get no bigger than this. This is it, and uh, there's no second chances. You've got to go in there and do this. And I usually believe Sunday morning, uh, December the 20th, we'll have the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world from the UK. Well, if you're, if you're not excited about the fight, then you have to be after after listening to that. Joe, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. And all the best no in the fight. Cheers, thank you. Liam, thanks for joining me. Before we stop talk about your brother, we haven't seen you, in the like many fighters, of course, in the ring for a year or so. What is the latest? When do you expect to, to be back out? Yeah, obviously, you know, the year's been a mad year for everybody, you know, and I mean, I'm hopefully going to be back out February at the at the, at the latest, you know, I'm hoping. And, um, you know, I'll have a conversation with Eddie while he's, while he's over here and I know me team, MTK, are working hard on that also. So, I'll, um, I should know more this week of when I'll be out next. And, of course, you've challenged for a world title, falling short. But how do you? What do you feel you've got? You've got left in you, and do you still feel as fresh as ever, or are you still as ambitious as ever? Yeah, no, I've definitely got a world title left in me. Um, obviously, I'm seeing fighters, you know, challenge and and, and win world titles, especially the, the division I'm in. The titles are chopping and changing quite a bit, and there's no there's no one in the division now who's going to rule the division. You know, every every fight's going to be a, a, a top top fight now, and you know, obviously, when when I was world champion before, I lost to you know to Canelo. <laughs> but uh, you know, just just given the right circumstances, which every every fighter needs. You know, you need everything to go your way, and you need a lot of luck on your side. I just feel I need good momentum. Once once I get good momentum, I feel I can beat any like middleweight in the world, and that's one that I'm, I'm confident of doing. So you know, we'll get back February, and then like I say, I'll. I'll I'll be looking to push towards, you know, a Patrick Texeda or, you know, any 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 of the fighters with titles. We look forward to that. Before then, of course, you're in Texas for your brother Callum's challenge against someone you know well, as you said, uh, Canelo Alvarez. When, when you fought him, it was four years ago now, and, and of course that's a different weight, but was there anything in the ring that surprised you that you maybe hadn't expected him to be able to do or uh, on the uh, in training? Yeah, you know, he just surprised me of like how good he was, like the level, the level he was at. You know, he was um, your fight fighters, your spar fighters coming through, and he was just like you thought, you are, you're, you're, you're talented. You know, you are, you're very good. It was not. I get asked now, people ask me the question now, like when you fought Canelo, oh, was he, was he a monster? Was he, a, was he a beast? And I'm like, no, that, his power didn't surprise me. It was more his power was like. Sounds okay. Well, I'm 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 okay with that. It was more how good he was, his timing, his variety. That was that surprised me. That it was his variety that you know his movements that had me twitching. It was not as power as in like, oh, I don't want to get it again. You know what I mean? It was not. I'd been if you get interviews from me after I fought Carlo Alvarez four years ago, people will find interviews where I say. I've been hit harder. He doesn't hit as hard as my brother Colin. And I said that four years ago, not knowing my brother would eventually go and fight him at 168 in four years' time. You know, and um, I couldn't sit here now and people say, you're a liar. Because 
I guarantee that people can go and find interviews off just after the fort and I said there and then, you know, his power was okay, but he's not the hardest to be in it by, doesn't it? Harder than my brother Colin, who I've sparred a lot. So, you know, I said that four years ago and I'll still stand by that. And do you think, I know hindsight's a great thing, but do you think there is anything you could have done in preparation better or differently knowing what you know now? No, you know, hindsight is, it, it, like I say, hindsight's, uh, uh, you know, a crazy thing. The hindsight now probably was, you can say, oh, you was always going to lose. It was all about how good a fight you put up. But at that time, you could not convince me I was going to lose that fight. I thought getting Canelo back to 154, again, I thought I'm I'm going to be comfy, comfortable enough with his power. I've got a very good chin myself. So I thought, if he doesn't hurt me early on, I'll get to him late and I'll break him down. And, you know, the weight will hurt him and I'll still be pressing the fight. But obviously it weren't meant to be. But in the build of the fight, no, there was, I think I, think I got in very, very good shape and I got in the best shape possible with the circumstances as in, you know, I got cut um, five weeks before the fight, sparring at Kelbrook um, and I, I, I done 16 rounds sparring for the, the biggest fight in my life. You know, usually you're doing there or there about 100, no 100 plus. I done 16 for the best fighter in the world and um, there was not much more I could have done in preparation we tried to get round it as much as we could you know and you know I probably have to I should not you know I should be applauded but I think I got in the best possible shape that I could do at that time given the circumstances because fighters will tell you a lot of fighters get fit by actually sparring you know and I couldn't do that You mentioned that you know back then 154, Callum being 168, it wasn't necessarily a fight that was on people's radar. Do you remember when Callum did start to think about a Canelo fight? No, it was probably mm, 12 months ago, give or take. No, it was probably longer, 18 months uh, the Canelo fight was talked about. I've, I've said for the last 12 months it's probably done Callum's head in a little bit, dangling over him, um, getting off of the fight, then not getting off of the second offer, and you know, with the fight's on the table, the fight's not on the table, and it's um, he's getting asked off the public left, right, and centre. Do you think you'll fight Canelo Alvarez? And you know, people people don't really understand from the outside. Everything is on Canelo's say. You know, he's the A side of boxing. He's the he's the biggest star in boxing at the moment. So, you know, nobody knows. Like, goes far as saying that announcement last week. What Canelo done? The fight was still not agreed with Callum, but they were making an announcement at eleven o'clock, and the announcement was he's fighting Callum. So, it was a strange one. I don't know whether he called people's bluff to get the fight signed over over the line but it was um, you know everything is on is on Canelo's say really so it's just um, the nature of the beast it's the game the game we're in at the moment but I think Callum probably knew the fight was going to be muted when Canelo was flirting with 168 after the 160 you know and Callum knew he was world champion or going to become world champion and the Pats may cross at one time and you know here we are the Pats are crossing I know he's your brother, but when the fight, when it did start start to become a reality, if you are able to to take yourself out of it, when you look at the two fighters, what did you think about Callum's chances? I've said since they won, taking 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 you know blood aside and taking my loyalties aside, Callum Alvarez is a top fighter, very talented fighter, um, you know probably more talented than he's probably got the most talented in boxing. If you know what I mean, Natalie like. At, at the moment, obviously, everything comes into play, hard work, size and advantages. And, you know, talent alone, he, he, he's, he's up there with, he's probably the best. 
Well, boxing doesn't always go that way. And, and again, taking loyalties aside, I feel if anyone's got a chance to beat Canelo, it's Callum Smith. Put my loyalties back into it, being in the ring with Canelo, sharing the ring with Callum. Canelo's biggest mistake, what I feel, which obviously I've, I've said before, and is Callum's best asset. And um, I just think size, stylistically wise, and um, again, I just think too many people have, maybe Canelo himself, have, have looked into Callum Ryder and thought, right, you know, he, he's not this kid who we thought he is. And again, I think it'll be the biggest big, biggest mistake they've made. And, you know, you, you, had, you had fans saying, Callum Smith beats Callum Smith beats Canelo. And then he has one lackluster performance against Ryder. And then people, you know, slaughter him. Again, just the nature of the beast that we're, that we're in, the sport, you know, it's very fickle. And uh, he's got a massive chance now to, to prove himself again. What did you think about his performance against John Ryder? Was it a case that maybe it wasn't a fight he'd wanted? It wasn't he wasn't quite able to to get up for it. Yeah, it was just it was it was um, you know there, there, there's many things obviously you don't want to beat beat around. It was just a, a lackluster performance that he, he you know he's he's won but hasn't looked good in. Um, and again, sometimes fights like that can be a blessing for you. You know, in the, in the long run, and this does look like it's been a blessing for him because people. People, he's come down in people's estimations. He's probably come down in fighters' estimations, and people want to fight him now. So, you know, the world, the world is always in that sense. Um, but the, 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 the fight with Ryder was just, you know, it was a man to your hat to happen. It went the fight he wanted, um, just boredom, you know, not getting off. And it's kind of no disrespect to John Ryder. John Ryder's, you know, a, a very nice lad and a lad we've knew over the years. But I just mean like. I, I said from the, 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 the get-go, it was a lose-lose fight with John Ryder. You know, it was a no-win situation. You went out, you blew John Ryder away. People would have said he's been stopped before. He's a middleweight. Um, you know, you, you go to points with him and you struggle and you get slates that you struggle with John Ryder. You know what I mean? Whatever whatever outcome happened in that fight, he would have got no credit for. You know, whereas this now is the opposite and especially on the back of the Ryder fight, this is a win-win situation. You know what I mean? Nobody's picking to win now because of that. Rather fight than this is a you you have you have certain things in boxing like low risk, high rewards, high risk, low rewards, and I feel this is a this is a you know a win win situation for Callum. And I say he wins, he 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 he's back on everybody's lips again. Callum Smith, the the best one six eight in the world. You talked about everything being on Canelo's terms. Of course, Callum's only had maybe four or five weeks, knowing it was going to be Canelo to prepare. How what sort of state was he in when that announcement was made? Was he in a in a good shape to just basically ramp things up? Very, he was in a very good shape. Um, I, I feel it was a method to Canelo only thinking to give Callum four weeks notice. Um, but what they may not have knew, Callum been in the gym a long time. He was even we talked about him fighting Canelo anyway. Then it come off the table, you know, and then it looked like it weren't gonna gonna go ahead. But then Callum has obviously been on his own promoter and. Callum was going to fight December the 19th regardless. He was in the middle of getting sent opponents to pick. Um, and he'd been in the gym, you know, he fit and ready and he was going to fight December 19th regardless. Then the Canelo fight come back on the table with four or five weeks to go. And I think Canelo was only trying to give him four weeks notice thinking he's a huge shoot middleweight and four weeks notice he's going to struggle with the weight. But I wish you were here now to see, see Callum's weight, you know, eight days out and 
see what Callum's eating while he's here. That was another thing with the Rada situation. You know, Callum is a huge, huge super middleweight. And, you know, for some strange reason, he only put seven pounds on for John Ryder after the weigh-in, which is, is less than half of what he usually puts on. You know what I mean? And it's, um, I just, that, that was a, whether it was, you know, not carving up properly or not, but I feel he's done his weight bang on this time. And again, his, his, his weight's very good now, eight days off from the fight. It's, it's crazy because I remember not long after Callum made his debut, everyone talked about him being a, a huge super middleweight and it wasn't, you know, there's no way he can keep this going. Um, but, you know, here we are, the biggest fight of his career, he's still a super middleweight. Early on, he early on, he was skinny, you know, he was a baby. Early on when he turned pro and he went, and he went to punch his first two fights, people thought, oh, he's, he's okay, he's talented, but can't punch. And, you know, he's developed that low, you know, ready, ready. He's developed into a proper man and a huge middleweight. And how involved have you been in, in the training camp for the last few weeks? Again, I, I was, I'd done lots of sparring with him early on before the fight was announced. While he was in the gym, a lot of his training was based on Canelo. You know, he's done a lot of sparring with me and Callum Johnson. The pad work with Joe was all on a Canelo fight. And then obviously when the fight flitted away, when he thought it was going to happen, that's when he was asking for opponents for December the 19th. But then the Canelo fight come back on the table. So he's done a full camp based on Canelo, you know, and, and people, people don't be fooled by thinking, oh, Smith, Smith only had a couple of weeks' notice for this. He hasn't, he's, he's, he's in very good shape. And like I said before, if he only had a couple of weeks' notice, then he wouldn't be anywhere near, anywhere near 12 stone. And, and he is not far off. And just final question, you'll have one of the best seats in the house. How do you see it going, you know, certainly at the start, but how do you see the fight playing out? Yeah, you know, obviously it's it's a mad situation we're in. You know, we're sitting here now in a bubble in, in San Antonio. We've never been in situations like this. But obviously I think Canelo's never been in a situation like this as well. But on the flip side too, I think there's 12,000 fans going to be in there, which will be, it'll be nice to have, um, you know, news. But I, I think the fight will start, you know, kind of cagey, I think, and then I'll warm up into into the very, very, very good fight. Stylistly, wise, two of them love to do the, the same type of stuff, you know, two of them love to land punches, two of them love to attack head and body. And I think Callum has got the size and style to take chances with Canelo. And I think as the fight goes, touching back on what I said before, I think once Callum gets in there, feels a shot off Canelo, he'll think, you don't punch as hard as people make out, you know, he'll feel, now I'm okay with that power and obviously he can then gamble on his own shots a bit more and that's what I think is going to be a big difference and that's what I think could be the, the decisive factor. I think Canelo's biggest mistake is Callum's best best asset and best shot in the book and obviously touch what I feel that shot can land. And which shot is that? You know, shot he's done many. He's done. It's no. It's no. It's no secret. A lot of people try and you know, Canelo probably think you know he throws a catch left hook very well. But when you've got bad habits, it's hard to get out of them. And you know, you watch every video, every social media, every training session Canelo Alvarez does. He's a very, very good fighter. But when he left hooks, he puts his chin in the air, and that's you know, it's a fact. And it's easy saying it now. Well, no one else has exploited it, which they haven't. But that's what I feel. Callum can. And I think size-wise and strength-wise, I think he can take that chance. And 
so many people over the years have said, well, Shaman Greg and said it, we, we know all about Callum Smith's catch left you, you know, we're not going to fall into that trap. But as the fight went on, George Rose did fall into that trap and he threw a jab right through the head. Callum blocked it and then he threw another one and he got giddy and he threw a third one and Callum caught it, left you and the fight was, you know, the fight was over. He's done, he's done many, many, many people with that fight. The, the Luke Blacklid knockout, Rocky Fielding. Um, you know, he's done, he's done lots of fights over the years with a cast left suit. And again, it's easy saying it, but then once the fight goes and you go back to your, your normal habits and your normal rhythm, it's hard to get out the way of that shot. He takes the inside track on it. And, you know, obviously from my point of view, I'm praying and hoping he can get that shot off because I do think it's a, fight, it's a shot that could and any fight at any given moment with, with Callum. It would certainly be a great way, to, well, for, for British fight fans anyway, and of course for, for your family to end what's been a, a rather dreadful year. Liam, thank you for your time. All the best you know, with the team. And then, of course, hopefully look forward to seeing you back in the ring next year. Nice one. Thanks very much. Well, and thanks for your time. A, a big week for you, I guess, signing with Matchroom officially. But if we can just go back to the start of the year, you had you had your sixth fight, or your yeah, your sixth fight at the start of the year, yeah, before the pandemic. Ignoring what you know now, what were your ambitions and your aims for twenty twenty back in, in say January? Um, well, I feel like I was I wanted to get a title. I wanted to go for a Southern Area title, um, and obviously, still on the small hall shows, it's it's hard work having to pump as many tickets as possible to get yourself an opponent. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only only Southern area title is what I was going for at the start of 2020. Um, but obviously, what happened, COVID and stuff, has COVID really has been a massive blessing for me um, for the for the boxing side of things because now people want to see real fights and 50-50 um, fights on TV. And yeah, then now we get the call in. Can't remember when it was. Uh, end of September? No, October it was because we only had two weeks notice. So yeah got the call and then now here we are yeah it's been obviously it has been a terrible year but I guess you have to look at the the positives and, and your story certainly is one of them but now back in March it wasn't clear when sport would come back but one sector of sport that's really been badly affected of course is small hall boxing and, and really there's no sort of sign that that will come back anytime soon mm. did you did you kind of think back then that you wouldn't you might not fight again in, again this year yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought that I thought I was totally going to be done, really. Um, but then we did get an opportunity to to fight on a TV show, and I was I wasn't I wasn't really fit, kind of thing. And we started realizing that uh, there might be might be a shock, kind of thing. So I just kept training, kept ticking over, and was just fingers crossed. We got a phone call for a televised show, and then and then yeah, then we did, kind of thing, um, which is great, but. Yeah, when I first all kicked off, I thought, oh, this is probably me done now. I'm going to have to get a proper good job and just start start full-time working. Does it suggest that there's something, I mean, I know pandemics hopefully won't come around again or, or certainly not very often, but does it suggest that there's maybe a flaw there in, in small hall boxing that if, if it can be cancelled like this, if it could leave so many fighters out of work, or is it that boxers who box on small hall shows need to just make sure they've got something else on the side in case something does happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always worked because boxing is such a brutal game. You, you never really know what's going to happen in it. Um, 
and it doesn't ever small hall boxing doesn't earn you any money unless you sell thousands and thousands of tickets then you'll be, be able to get a bit of money from it um but uh yeah small side of things i i feel like a lot of people just keep keep cracking away at it but i feel like the small hall shows are just i think it's a con it's all the con small hall shows it's just you get in there you pay for your opponent and then you end up with nothing really no money out of it and you you box some journeyman that's maybe well i haven't boxed as many of the journeymen as some people do but some people box journeymen that have won five fights lost 105 and it's like there's no there's no kind of yes you get a win on your record but it doesn't set you up for anything kind of thing i'm i'm not a fan of the small hall boxing at all so it's the answer to that that the, that basically the bigger promoters should be taking more interest in the small hall fighters i think so yeah i think there's a lot more there's better fighters out there. Um, the ones on the big shows, they either have come from a good background in um, in like Team GB or the Olympic team, and they've already got a massive profile. Um, so they come on these big shows, they've already got a huge following. Um, or it's either people that sell thousands of tickets or have hundreds of thousands of followers that get the opportunity to come on these shows. There's so many better guys boxing out there on the small hall shows that just don't get noticed. And luckily, I had that opportunity to get noticed. And a lot of people won't ever get that opportunity. But yeah, definitely big shows should start looking into the small boxing to pick up some real skill. So you mentioned you had two weeks notice to fight Joe Laws. What do you think Matchroom were thinking when they thought, we need an opponent in two weeks? And when they looked at you, what do you think they honestly thought about putting you in there? Well, yeah, they, they looked at me and I'll, I would say they looked at my record and I have got a draw on my record. They looked at the draw and they looked at that I thought uh, normally I fight a light welterweight. So Laws was a bit heavier. So they thought, oh, this will be a good fight. Looks 50-50 on paper, but he's got a draw. So Laws will take him out. That's exactly what they thought. And um, yeah, it didn't go to plan for them. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's worked for a massive favour for me because, yeah, just got signed by Matchroom, which is fantastic. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm just a small, a small part of like a lot of a lot of people want to have that opportunity to get onto the big show, and I luck was lucky enough to get the opportunity. So then, amongst your team, then when the fight was confirmed, was there a sense of they've made the wrong move here? Well, was it the sense that Joe Laws has made the wrong move? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought I, I, I knew Laws was a tough guy. Like he's got a good record, but then I look at the guys, guys he's boxed on his record, and I thought they're not, they're not that good. I've always tried to have. I've had guys that go on the road in my record, but they're not ones that have lost loads and loads of fights. They're kind of some of them are like fifty-fifty. Um, so I thought I've got more experience, um, and I thought I could definitely take him out. And I thought, yeah, they've messed up here. Was there any, even once you'd won the fight, and you know, I think that night it was, it was a great advert for, for boxers like yourself being given that shot, but was there any fear then that you, you might actually, rather than get a contract or, or be boosted further, you might get forgotten about again? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I thought because I'm not a big-time ticket seller, I thought that I might just be forgotten about, pushed to the curb kind of thing. But my manager, 
and me, we, we, um, my trainer, we all kept pushing on the old social media um, and keep saying, like, keep keeping the limelight kind of thing. And um, they, I did always, I did call out Eddie Hearn at the end saying, where's my contract? And uh, I think that that helped me a little bit because um, obviously now I've got it. Um, but yeah, a little part of me thought, am I just going to be forgotten about? But I think I made a big statement that night. Um, so uh, couldn't really be forgotten about. True. Now, obviously, of course, in terms of boxing, it means you you'll hopefully now have regular fights. But in terms of as a person for your life, can you sort of explain what, you know, having a contract seems like such a, a normal thing, if you like, because everybody, you know, if you've got a job, you just have a contract. But I guess it's different in boxing. It probably means more uh, to be to have some sort of security. Yeah, yeah, it's great having a contract, especially with uh, Eddie Hearn and Matram, because they're the biggest, the biggest out there. Um, so yeah, it, it feels great, and and I'm still I'm still working my day job, because um, I mean, who always do with more money all the time. So yeah, life 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 will change now because I will be training harder. Um, I will be cutting down a little bit. I'll be going down to probably part time working, um, but. I will still, I'll still be working my day job and still doing what I'm doing, but just trying extra hard. Am I right in saying you you work in a, a care home? Is that right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, since the the pandemic, obviously restaurant restaurant like they all shutting and restaurant business and stuff, hospitality has just gone down. Um, so I ended up getting a job in a care home, and I'm chefing in the care home, and it it's it's great. It's a it's a nice environment. And it's it's easy work, so I'm not like really like rushed off my feet. I'm not finishing work at say eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock at night in the restaurant business. Um, and I go in, I, I cook a couple of nice meals, I bake some cakes, um, and yeah, it's chilled out. So it's a, it, it enables me to be able to train hard. Has it been sort of an experience working in a care home during these times as well? Because obviously they've been really badly hit. That must have been. Different, yeah. tough. Yeah, it was tough. It's not. Uh, the, luckily, our care home's pretty good, and COVID didn't really get in there. Um, so, yeah, I was. Uh, it's, it's all completely different to me because I've never worked in that environment before. Um, it's quite interesting. It's quite fun. Some of the residents are, are quite funny, and you can have a bit of a laugh with them. Um, but yeah, it's it's been. It has been a strange year. I never thought I'd be working in a care home, being signed by the biggest promoter in the world, pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sure it might not be fine dining in the care home, but if you were, let's say you were on Come Down With Me and you wanted to impress, what would uh, what would you serve up? Ooh. Um, one of my favourite dishes, I like uh, braised feather blade beef, uh, so just slow-cooked, or dofumar potatoes, tender stem, and a, a red wine jus. That would probably be something I'd, I'd crack on there. And I'd probably just go for something simple like a, a honeycomb cheesecake or something for dessert. Something like that, yeah. But choices. starter as well. Starter, I'd probably go for... Um, I'd go for scallops with chorizo and uh, caramelised onion puree. That's what I'd go for for the start. I think that's good. I mean, it's always people try things that are too too left field, and then it just goes badly wrong. But I don't think you can go wrong with with those no. three choices. Yeah, I have to. Of course, another boxer who's been 
hyped up, let's say, talked about Florian Marku. You've obviously gone back and back and forth with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt he 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 won his fight the other night, but did his performance? What, what did you think of it? Did it confirm what you already knew, um, or did was it surprising? I think I think he did deserve to win that fight. But even though he did deserve to win it, it was still not his best performance. I think he was having an off night. Um, he's a lot better than that, but he's still not good enough to beat me. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can get that fight done and dusted soon. Is that what you'd like next rather than have to wait just yeah. the next year? Yeah, I'd like to have him next because um, he's it'll help boost my profile because he already has what nearly half a million followers. He's just another big ticket seller to me. Um, so yeah, it will boost my profile and yeah, definitely the fight that I want. Excellent. Well, we look forward to seeing that and to, to see more of you in 2021 on, on our TV screens. Alan, thanks very yeah. much for your time. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. That is all we have for this week. A huge weekend of boxing ahead. And then of course, as I said earlier, a great start to 2021. That'll be all from the Boxing Hour until the new year. Until then, have a great and safe festive period. 